Ooh, I feel like a teacher. Oh. <laughs> Let's see if I can make you. I can make you bigger, actually. Wow, this is so interesting. So you have complete control. Uh, I never actually played around with all the settings on Zoom. I saw a new one. They're re they're adding a lot to this thing. Like they're actually making Zoom a very uh, comprehensive platform, dude. Mm -hmm. I'm actually quite excited to see what happens. Isn't it so insane? Imagine yourself being a CEO of Zoom and like you're like chugging along, like, you know, like you're a good platform, but like, you know, not many people are using you and then fucking coronavirus hits and mm -hmm. you're like the top used platform on the planet. Yeah. It yeah. Dude, I couldn't even imagine. It's that's that's complete luck. In a weird way, that's like. I mean, he was already getting funding, like decent funding beforehand, I'm pretty sure, right? And then all of a sudden the valuation just shot through the roof. Mm -hmm. Came a billion dollar company like overnight. Yeah. I, the only, I've heard their name once before. Uh, it was at UD and uh, one of the advisors at Horn, at the entrepreneurship department, used Zoom to schedule meetings if students couldn't, like, didn't want to come to the office. Yeah, I think it was Trisha. Uh, I just kept up. hearing the I just kept hearing the name Zoom, like Zoom, Zoom, and I was like, I've never, I haven't used it yet. And then once we started it for the for the semester, it just became like, it became one of those words that everyone knows, which is kind of interesting too. Uh -huh. so, um, yeah. So you just finished. To, um, honestly, I've been kind of busy because I when I try to do something in my life I like go like all in and I decided to like pursue this creative endeavor and I've been like literally all in on it um for the past two weeks uh, like last week mostly but last two weeks I've, I've been thinking about it a lot uh what about you nice dude I saw your uh I saw I saw the your introduction YouTube video I didn't get a chance to watch the other ones for like a half hour and I have like a I have a 15 minute timer on my YouTube app did i nice. tell you about that no you didn't okay yeah because i i i just was the algorithm was sucking me in dude That's so i was so way too yeah. much time on it <laughs> yeah. so i set i set like a hard timer where if i go past 15 minutes it just turns the app off and i can't use it for the rest of the day like it blocks it it's called like the digital well-being app on android uh -huh. um, it's just like part of the system what about so i can computer? only watch 15 minutes yeah, but I, I mean, I feel like that's cheating. <laughs> like, what, what's the point of having a, what's the point of having like a 15 minute timer if I just go to go to my computer and watch YouTube? I know. So, uh, yeah, if, I, if I'm going to watch one of your full half hours, like I'll watch it on my computer because I have to. But yeah. since I'm on my phone, I really have to choose wisely what I watch because yeah. I only have 15 minutes. And usually it's garbage anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I had it uh, I had it on like YouTube social media everything on my computer and my all my devices for the like for a while I even had like at one point in time I think I deleted my social media not the accounts but like the apps um, yeah. but I always find myself going back to that. <laughs> do you ever do one of those things where you make like that announcement on your story where it's like I'm, I'm leaving social I'm media leaving. it's like you need no. to find me no I, 
I think it's weird when people do that. Yeah, I think it's like, weird too. Just leave. Like, who's stopping you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Unless they're famous, yeah. but I don't think I've seen it with anyone famous yet. And how many how many famous people do you think actually run their own accounts? I don't know. That's a good question. Probably not that many, honestly. I I I highly doubt that. Yeah. I yeah, I, I think I agree with you. Probably not that many. Like, if anything, maybe some of them write the captions. Like, I know a couple that I know write the captions, but the rest, like, beyond that, I don't think so. Um, so, I know it looks weird that I'm sitting sideways, but my knee's pretty inflamed from running. Um, so, I have, like, an ice pack on it, and it's, like, uh, elevated on the on the desk. Uh, do, you have a, do you have a goal distance? Uh... And you're bringing a tear to my eye right now. Uh, I I came to school here in Boston thinking that I'm gonna run the Boston when when I can do, but I think I'm pretty far from that. Um, and especially with everything else going on in my life. So right now, no, I really wanted to run the marathon. As you know, I, did I tell you that I tried to run it once and I failed miserably? I remember you said you tried and then while you were training, you got injured. Yeah, so I tried to run the marathon after that and uh, I failed pretty bad. Um, so I wanna do it again at some point in my life. But yeah, for sure. we'll, we'll see. No rush. Um, tell me. So I, I really want to hear about the book. But the, the David Goggins book? The David Goggins book, yeah. yeah. It it's uh it's fun because it's written like if it was ghost written, it was ghost written incredibly well. Uh-huh. It's it's to the point where you're reading it and it sounds like David Goggins is like yelling at you in uh-huh. your head, uh, and he's he's like cursing in the pages. Just it, dude. Dude had a crazy life, and mm-hmm. on top of this insane life, he's just overcome it all, right? Mm-hmm. And then he tells you to do these crazy things. These. It's not even that crazy. It's just like uncomfortable. Uh-huh. Um, and it's essentially like chase discomfort. And and if you do enough uncomfortable things, then the next uncomfortable thing you do will be easier. So you should do more uncomfortable things. And it's that it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where, and the effect it's had on my life so far. Here's the thing, man. When I when I get these books, they hit me hard for like a week, you know? And I'm like, damn, it's like, I am in this, like this guy's a genius. I'm going hundred percent into it. And then after a week, it starts to like taper off. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm really, really motivated for the first week, maybe week and a half. And then only the main lessons stick, right? It's not like I'm following it to a T like I do after I've read it for the that first week. Mm-hmm. and then so right now i'm still doing the thing he calls the accountability mirror which yeah. is the like you put post-its on your mirror about your goals and mm-hmm. then you like look at yourself in the mirror and you are honest with yourself about whether or not you made steps or you like where you are in terms of getting to those goals so um 
that has been probably the one that I've been following the most just because it's literally it's on my mirror and I see it every day and since I put the post-its there it's not like I'm taking the post-its down mm -hmm. so that works well um while I've been running it's been working with like overcoming that 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 like I want to stop kind of thing mm -hmm. and I've and I've I've overrun my goals multiple times like I my goal my goal for December 14th was to run a 10k so in on October 14th I I, I know this because I have my goals behind my my computer but mm -hmm. that's why I'm looking um on October 14th I set a goal to run 10k mm -hmm. uh and at that point I'd only run like a, a 5k was the longest I'd run for six to eight months so i set a goal within two months to run to run 10k which i thought was very reasonable um and in training for that i went to to run 5k one day and then kind of the lessons hit me where it was like just like overrun your goals and and push past the pain and i hit 8k on that day where i wasn't expecting to do anything more than five and mm -hmm. then Friday, my plan was to run 8K and I ran almost 11. So I, I got to my goal and, it, and, I, and I do think that the lessons from the book mm -hmm. did have something to do with it. Um, so in that way, I think it's pretty cool. I also think for the, since I've read the book, I felt way more focused and uh, driven than than I have before. So that's kind of hmm. cool. What about the book made you like, I want to focus on you pushing past where you think you could, you have, you could stop. Mm -hmm. What about the book made you realize that? Cause I mean, that's something that we, I feel like we all know, right? Like our mind over matter, like we can do whatever else we said. Yeah. Right. But what yeah, about yeah, the yeah. book you think made the switch for you? Uh, I think it's that he actually did it and he did it when this guy's had a nutty life like he's had a he's had a much more difficult life than than i could ever imagine having so the fact that he's he talks the talk and then he walks the walk and then you can go to social media and you can see he's still walking the walk mm -hmm. and he's still running ultra marathons it's like, okay, so he's telling me to do it because he's doing it himself. It's not like, it's not like somebody telling you, hey, you should do this. And then, you know, it's the right thing, but it's like, wh why does this guy know any better than me? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just stubborn in that way. And, and I don't like to uh, accept that. Like deep down, I know, like, I'll like, you know what I mean? It's, mm -hmm. uh, there's a, there's a, maybe it's an ego thing, honestly. Maybe it is. Just like I could figure it out myself. And, and when I figure it out myself, it'll be better than the way that this person figured it out. Hmm. And I've been, I've been better with that recently over like the past year or more just mm -hmm. like accepting 
just like bringing down my my ego and just like bringing myself to a place of I don't know anything and that's okay and I should learn from other people and learn from my mistakes and that kind of stuff so I think it resonates with me especially I don't know man I don't know it's it's hard it's hard to it's hard to to put a finger on why this book has gotten me to to work harder because I feel like I tell myself to work harder every day anyway like it wasn't like I wasn't doing that before the book yeah you know what I mean and I feel like I don't know how do you feel about that I know I, I'm sure that you are, are critical of yourself and you tell yourself that you need to do better and be better but there's like sometimes you just don't do it Mm -hmm. oh i'm the king of sometimes i'm doing it i uh my motivation ebbs and peaks uh is that the right word ebbs and peaks sure is that the right okay i think it works okay cool uh still working on that english um yeah it's it's really really bad for me though I, i i think i'm really emotional when i work so when i'm really motivated i work extremely hard like i think tonight i'm planning on not sleeping (laughs) <laughs> because I feel really motivated to catch up on all my work. Um, now we'll see if I love them doing that, but um, that's not healthy, right? Like long-term, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, but I think so from my, so what I'm thinking about the book, because I've, I've had the same experience. I haven't read that book, obviously, but I read, uh, I remember reading uh, Think and Grow Rich. You ever read that book? No. Okay. Um, I, I, I recommend, it's a very short, sweet book and it's just gets you thinking about like, it challenges the way you think about, about, about getting rich. Um, okay. um, well, I read it and um, I was like, I, it's basically like, I feel like a lot of things in life boil down to this, like very, like these principles that are like, I, I don't, I, I don't know what they are, but I know they're very, they're very few like fundamental principles. And I would love for someone to like write down, like write them down one day, like work it out and, figure them out but I feel like it was such an a similar thing to what Goggins was talking about because um the guy the the writer the author was basically saying um you have to manifest it in your head before it happens in real life and he was basically re- reciting all these stories about of people who did who did that in the face of failure multiple multiple times um uh like Edison right like so many failed experiments to like get the light bulb like a thousand I think whatever the story is to get the light bulb um well, yeah, after I read that book, um, I read it. I wanted to read it again. I'm like, I'm so motivated. I want to learn as much as I can from, the book, from this book. I read like one chapter and then I stopped. So immediately after reading one chapter, my motivation was already down than what I had thought when I finished the book, um, which I guess this might be the same thing that you just mentioned. Like you, you feel really motivated after finishing the book. You get like a juice of motivation. Yeah. But then what's left is, I think, What's left is habits. Mm, that's right? interesting. Like, yeah. what what habits are you falling falling back on? Now, yeah. the thing is, it sounds like you've been working on this habit with the accountability mirror, for example. Yeah. Right. Which is so. The longer you do it, the longer it stick with you. Um, yeah. And then with you running long, running more, um, I bet you you're gonna hit a time where you're gonna forget that you tell yourself to run that you can do more. Yeah. 
and then you're not going to run more for an entire week, for example. And then after that, you're going to remember it while you're running, then you're going to face a decision in your head. Yeah. I remember that two weeks ago, I was pushing myself more. Am I going to do it today or not? Yeah. And, and then, then that's your choice, right? Yeah. Um, but I think when motivation fades away, I think it's the habit. Uh, I think you're totally right about that. I think you're completely right. But what causes what causes you to have that motivation to form a new habit or get rid of an old one, right? Because if if the if the motive if the habit is the thing that you fall back on, obviously we create habits. Mm -hmm. So a habit, yeah, right? Mm Because. Falling back on a habit is the easiest thing, right? Like that's essentially the easiest thing. Yeah. Because it's it's familiar. It's probably comfortable. Even if it's an uncomfortable thing to do, it's a habit and it's comfortable because it's familiar, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So then what about creating a new healthy habit? Mm-hmm. Where does that prolonged motivation come from because yeah. that's like it's like it's something like three months to form a habit or something like that right I you, you know? I, i've yeah. read 90 i've read 90 days i've read 21 days i've read i've read everything yeah so there's however long it takes to form a habit you have to have that motivation mm-hmm. for maybe not every single one of those days but a majority of the days to be able to form this habit mm-hmm. and i'm curious where that spark comes from and why? That, that's that's a question that I don't think there's an answer to because <laughs> because I think that depends on the person and then the circumstances. Like if you're surrounded by people who are constantly like making sure their habits are right and they're constantly doing that and like they're already at that level where they can can you know do what they tell their mind to do, then you're gonna obviously feel like you can do it and then you feel more motivated to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. That's one of them too. I think there's an innate thing in us, not innate depending on our circumstances and our life experiences, some of us have are more ambitious than others. Okay. Um, I don't know if you can in, infuse ambition into someone unless they their life already gave it to them. I don't know if I don't know if that's possible. Maybe it is, but I don't know if it's our responsibility to make other people more ambitious because I, I don't know how this is going to sound, but I've tried to get so many people around me more ambitious about stuff. Mm-hmm. It almost never works. Really? Maybe maybe a little bit, but almost, almost like it's it's. I think the amount of energy that I put into it, I didn't get the same out. No, like not like basically zero out. So I, yeah, I don't know. There's a way, right? Like, <laughs> tell me, master. I don't know the way, but there is a way. Like, how how do you think a coach for a football team gets his team amped up to? to win every week, right? Or I don't know if it's ambition more than inspiration because I don't think you can infuse that ambition to someone, but you have to inspire them to chase that ambition, their own ambition. Because your own ambition is something completely personal, Mm. right? Like my ambition is completely different than your ambition, even though I feel that we have somewhat similar ambitions completely formed by completely different life experiences. Mm-hmm. I feel like we, we point in a generally same direction, mm-hmm. but what's getting you to 
follow your ambition, whatever that may be, is probably something that's very different for me that's getting me to follow my ambition. So mm-hmm. that force getting me to follow that ambition or getting you to follow that ambition or you're getting to follow your ambition of being creative is mm-hmm. inspiration, right? I mean, that's what creativity is. It's like inspiration that you feel compelled to act upon, mm-hmm. right? That's, yeah, that's, that, that, I'm, I'm so glad you reminded me because you are right. Like how do coaches inspire their, like they, they do inspire their teams to win um, or to work harder. Um, yeah, I don't know. Right. I, I wish there was a formula and we could like memorize it so we can like inspire other people. And I'm yeah. sure people have written books about this. Dude, I'm, I'm, how to win friends and influence people is the, is that, is that. I have to read but it. It's, it's, I, that, and then there's Zig Ziglar's Secrets of Closing the Sale, which is sales, right? And, and there's a weird part of selling that can also be part of, in both of those books, in both of those books, they emphasize over and over and over that the most important thing to remember is that you should only be doing this because you genuinely want the best for the other person, right? Like, I don't, I don't want to sell you anything because it, it benefits me, right? That's not how you should go about inspiring anybody to do anything. That's morally wrong, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's this, there's that, that vein of doing it because it's the right thing for the other person. Like if if that, if that is what brings somebody else to, to success, then it should be easy to inspire them, right? Because, mm. because it's, it's, it's helping them get exactly what they want. But to do that, you need to find out what they want. And then you also need to find out mm. how to convey that you can help them get what they want or mm. the path to be able to get what yeah. they want. And so that's, I think that's the hard part. You have to listen really well. Yeah, that's dynamite, dude, right there. Because we're just uh, we were just practicing like interviewing patients. Yeah. Um, and we like hit upon like motivational interviewing. How do you get patients to like change behavior? Dude, it's like it seems so hard to do and near impossible. But I think you what you said was is dynamite like what do they want like maybe they don't want to lose weight but maybe there's something in their life that they care about more like for example what if they they're like in their 50s for example and they have like uh, kids and they really care about seeing their kids you know graduate and you know get married or whatever yeah but they don't care about themselves and them losing the weight well if you can listen to them and figure out what they want to do in their life and figure out that their kids matter so much to them you can tell them okay maybe if you don't like you know take good care of yourself you might not be there for yeah. your kids graduation or wedding and that works for some people right like that definitely mm-hmm. works for some people but then there are lots of people like think about all the people that smoke cigarettes mm-hmm. on the boxes they print will cause cancer and then they have the pictures of like dead babies like yeah 
people don't it's like if it's enough of a thing they're not this the fear obviously addiction's a different thing it's a chemical uh it's a chemical thing in your in your brain but obviously people quit smoking right mm -hmm. so there is something that is strong enough mm -hmm. to to overcome it to overcome even something like addiction to cigarettes which is very difficult to well it depends did they want to or not right like if yeah. someone doesn't want to do it i don't i don't think you if they don't want to do if they don't want to quit and they generally don't care about the other stuff that we like talked about I, it might be impossible yeah who are you to force them to quit if they don't want to yeah. or they have nothing else in their life that they care about more than smoking do you do so obviously you have to take at the end of medical school you have to take a hippocratic oath right yeah and is it your obligation to convince someone to stop smoking that's a good question let me look it up don't look up what the oath says. <laughs> i think we write our own oath actually as a class and i think really? it's already written yeah i think it might have been i think it was already written to be honest interesting uh that's bad i'm really sorry for all the harvard kids listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that's I, I feel that I don't know. I, I, there was a, there was an interesting thing that I heard about uh, Vietnam veterans, where in Vietnam they were giving the soldiers. I could be wrong about this, but in Vietnam the soldiers were getting heroin or some sort of opiate mm -hmm. um, while they were out there, and then when they came back, a portion of them. We're addicted. We're addicted, and a portion mm -hmm. of them, even after having used these very addictive drugs in Vietnam, some of them came back and they weren't addicted at all, and they were mm -hmm. fine. And the difference between the two groups were that the people that came back non-addicted had a supportive group of friends and family, and mm -hmm. the people that came back addicted didn't really have a support group. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting insight into like heroin addiction that it's, mm -hmm. could it be replacing, could it be replacing that yeah human connection of family and friends yeah yeah I, I agree i think uh did i really genuinely think a lot of people including me and i've been thinking about this a lot the most important thing in everyone's life is a human connection like we crave human connection like crazy but some of us crave it in different ways like for example like why would someone want to be really successful and have for example, let's take a stereotypical example. Someone wants to be really successful and have a lot of money. Why would they ever want that? Why? 
I mean, maybe maybe some people like I think let's take the average person and they want that, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. Jeff Bezos, like a, a genius, like maybe mm-hmm. his maybe his story is a little different. Mm-hmm. But for an average person to want to make a lot of money, why? Probably because they subconsciously think that's gonna bring them some kind of human connection. And in the form that more either more people like either like a superficial way, like more people will like them, like they'll be more they'll get more attention, or someone will love them more like a like a family member who like would think highly of them if they achieved it i know that's my that's my situation the second one like maybe not now but i think the reason why it's i started to want to work harder because i felt like the harder i worked sorry parents the harder that i worked the better the more i, I was loved like it mm. was it's very very bad but but yeah going back i generally think human connection might be the the secret ocean man interesting interesting what do you think about people that just want power is that where's the human connection aspect of power okay let's 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 think about it why would someone want power it was probably had something to do with their childhood right now the way they were growing up (laughs) i don't know i don't know if we had to extract, if we if we didn't have to start at the beginning, okay. So let's assume someone has power. I think there are two options, right? You have power because you want to directly benefit yourself, or you have power because you want to help other people, right? You have you have two options. Mm-hmm. Um, if you choose to be selfish with your power, then can it be inferred that you just are, I don't know. I don't know, I don't wanna say greedy, um, but You could be hedonistic and just want to enjoy the pleasures of life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is fair as long as you're not hurting anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if everybody has, I personally believe everybody has an obligation to do their best to help the most people they can throughout their lives. And uh, obviously that's my personal belief. I don't know if that's right or that's wrong. I'm, I'm happy to be challenged on that. Um, but let's say you just want things and, and, you, and those things make you happy and they give you a, a full accomplished life, the top of Maslow's hierarchy, you have reached uh, that ultimate satisfaction mm-hmm. because you have power and are able to acquire whatever you want in that moment. And assuming you don't hurt anybody, right? Is that wrong? 
where's the and if, and if you want to be a hermit right mm-hmm. just acquiring things like a dragon in a cave just like mm-hmm. hoarding the gold yes though, though i don't think it's wrong um I, I don't know how to define right and wrong in this case but i will say let's take an example of a kid growing up having everything they want so mm-hmm. it's a kid that basically like the example you're saying but they already have it yeah don't we or don't we know from anecdotal evidence that someone growing up with everything they want in a, in a good amount of cases leads to someone who is lost is lost hmm. and and i say that with the addition of their like the way they grew up with the family wasn't um it didn't help. Like the, the family situation didn't help. I think that would be very subjective on a family by family basis, because I'm sure that there are some really successful parents who have provided their children with everything that they want and still raised them very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think, I think, I could be wrong, but I think what you may be doing is associating success with lack of time for your children. Because mm. I think if you spend sufficient amounts of time with your children, however you are able to do that, not even just time, but, and you spend the time necessary to properly raise a child. Um, I don't know if material, a material, uh, insufficiency or sufficiency is at all a factor in that child's fulfillment in life mm-hmm. and he may be taking a, a too big of a jump possibly very possibly um well we we, we dug a pretty big hole for us ourselves yeah, right we're now we're deep in this hole i, I don't know how to get out of it honestly <laughs> i have no idea how to get out of this hole how do we get in this hole I don't know. We always do this, man. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a this is a common occurrence. So we started with. Oh no. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm trying to trace back, and it's like yeah, impossible. Yeah, yeah. Also, what is that light down there on the left? It's so. This is like a Christmas thing, and then that's that's like a automatic switch for it to turn on and off. My dad. My dad goes insane with the house for Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's visible from space. Yeah. You got, so your house is that house in the neighborhood? Oh, it's, it's absolutely that house <laughs> in the neighborhood. It's absolutely that house. But yeah. So uh, are you, are you excited for these holidays or are you indifferent about them? Uh, Christmas is awesome. It's a family thing, you know, um, it'll be interesting this year. Usually we like our house is the house where everybody comes over um, and 
obviously that won't be happening this year. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting. Um, my mom's birthday is on New Year's Eve. And so we always have like a massive party on New Year's Eve mm-hmm. uh, to celebrate her birthday at the house. Um, so that okay. won't be happening either. What do you say? I, was gonna, I think you told me last year that about your mom's birthday. Yeah, no, you told me. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows, man? It'll be interesting. It'll be. Yeah. Inter- I mean, it's the first. If the it's the first Christmas and holiday season of my life that I haven't been surrounded with all my family. Obviously, my immediate family lives in the house and will be here, but um, that'll be an interesting experience. What about you? Uh, I think, I think I'm excited. I, I really like, I really, I really like Christmas. I really like holiday time. Well, my birthday is also the 30th of December. So it's, uh, that week is usually like, a, you know, a chill week for me. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Um, I don't know if I told you I'm moving into an apartment. I don't think I told you I'm moving into an apartment. So I'm moving out of here into an apartment in January. Did you get the one you wanted? I remember you said you were searching for a few. Oh, there was yeah. one that you really wanted in. Uh... So no, we didn't get that one, but we got one that's pretty. Like I'm not upset about okay. getting this one. Yeah. Um, but once we move, dude, you should come visit. If you ever, if it's safe, like dude, you can. Uh, I will. I, I I wouldn't have a problem. I've never actually been to uh, Boston or Cambridge, so oh, I have to visit. That'll be fun. That'd be cool. That'd be lots of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how's the job hunting going? Uh, it's okay. I've been trying to net, do it through networking rather than the traditional application mm-hmm. process. And it's more fun than the traditional application process, but I don't know how much more effective it is. I think it's I guess only time will tell how effective it is. I think I will get a job regardless. I don't think I'm worried about that. But that's the weird part about this test is that there's like no control. And there's no, it's just once you have a job, you have a job. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm going to get it one way and then be like, okay, I got it this way. Let me try the other way. Which way worked better? I'll never be able to know that the answer to that question. So you know what I mean yeah it's going and I don't know how well it's going I don't have a job yet so I guess not very well <laughs> no, you, can't, you can't say not very well it's it's still going but wh- what's why the measure can't you... of success what's the because it's not like there's any progression you either have a job or you don't it's like a zero or a one but, so but I don't... there's no deadline though that's what there's no deadline right yeah I mean next June yeah I guess there is a deadline but yeah um Wait, why don't you do both at the same time? What's stopping you from applying traditionally and then also using your network to find jobs? Time and laziness. Mm. Um, Coggins was here. Yeah, yeah. There's so many, th- the thing is like, there's so many things you're trying to apply that to. And then how many can you apply that to in your life before you burn out? And then, yeah. dude, I got to... <laughs> Just totally off topic, but something at the end of Goggins' book, you know, all the things he's runs ultras, he's done Mm -hmm. ridiculous things, right? 
in the end of the book, he's talking about how uh, there's, there's, he has like extreme pain all over his body. He thinks he's going to have to quit running forever. Every time he tries to run a mile, his heart rate goes crazy and he feels like he's going to pass out or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And he feels like he's going to have to give it up forever. And he's laying in bed one day and he's thinking about having to give up his life of his career of athletics because his body is like shutting down. He thinks that maybe there's only like a certain amount of miles a human can run in their life. And, and he's reached that limit. Right. And he's mm -hmm. feeling like these knots, these like big bulges in, in the back of his head and like on his hips or whatever. And he keeps going to doctors to see like if they're, if they're problematic and they just say it's nothing. Right. And he just goes, well, then I thought back to this like training I had where this guy was teaching us how to stretch. And then I'm, I, I thought to myself, you know, I never really stretched. Maybe I should do stretching. And this man did all the things that he's ever done and he never stretched. Wow. Never stretched. I, I was like, dude, now you're rubbing it in our face. You never stretched. He was like, yeah, I never stretched. <laughs> what is that? When, when was this? Does he say? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was like after he, I, I don't know, maybe it was a like a, a, a few years before he published the book or maybe, honestly, mm. I'm not sure, but it was, I can find it. That's okay. That's okay. That's okay. That's so interesting because I think he stretches a good amount now. I didn't know he didn't stretch before. Yeah, I, I mean, he stretched and then he got faster and he got better at running, obviously. Yeah. Wow. But everything he did, he did without stretching, dude. How do you, how, how do you, how do you go, how do you write a whole book about how badass you are? And then I find the most badass thing is that he didn't stretch through the whole thing. Yeah. That's the most badass thing to me is the whole thing. He says all these crazy things and he's like, yeah, I ran 135 miles. Didn't even um, stretch. <laughs> Get out of here. Well, that shows. Yeah. That's kind of a, it's almost like, I almost want to be like, that's, he's not normal right and i'm different yeah but so he, he has the rebuttal for that too because he has like a heart condition where he should never actually be able to run how much he runs so he was born physically at least in the heart category yeah worse off than who you or i uh -huh. so i don't know man there wow. but yeah he how many other people are there like David Goggins that have no one flipped that switch, dude? There's gotta be. I think maybe, but in a different way. Like he's maybe you're right. I think he does it with fitness, but there are people who do it with like other stuff, um, like work, for example. I, there's a lot of workaholics who just work all day, all night. Oh yeah. Um, I know Elon Musk is just on it. All, mm -hmm. all the time. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. I was, I was having a conversation with my buddy recently uh, about him. He doesn't like him. Um, Why? Uh, he thinks he's, he's an irresponsible CEO and that. Um, <laughs> um, what's it called? That the, the, the value behind Tesla and stuff is, is just speculation for now. Like their, their business model is not 
uh, is not solid. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know enough about Tesla to to say anything yeah. about that. I don't know. I don't know the, where the valuation comes from. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But they just recently got added to the S and P five hundred. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Is that is that? I I don't know. Oh, okay. I have stocks, but I don't follow the stock market. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this guy, David Goggins, right, is, let's assume he invented, he didn't invent it, right, but he was able to communicate it in a way no one else has before. Mm -hmm. uh, possibly. Right? There could have, there might have been somebody who has been able to communicate this message as well as David Goggins has. Is it possible to achieve his level secondhand? What do you mean secondhand? So he, second he started it, right? He's, mm -hmm. he's the first guy. Yeah. You are his apprentice. Yeah. How feasible do you think it is to be able to reach his level Mm -hmm. without being in his head, without being him, and only understanding his teachings. While he's there next to you, like he's, like he's coaching you through it, or is it just you reading the book and like, okay, let me do what he's doing? Just in general. So even if you're reading the book, doing what he's doing, I think reading the book, I think it's very difficult, right? Reading the book, yeah. just reading the words, I think it is extremely difficult to get to the level of David Goggins, you really have to commit, right? And of course, that's that's the whole thing. To uh, That's anything, right? You have to mm -hmm. choose to commit 100%. But if you were there next to David Goggins, he's your sensei, right? You have okay. now acquired David Goggins as a sensei. Mm -hmm. Do you have to go through all the things that he has gone through to be able to get his mind there? Or do you think it's something that is genuinely teachable? Oh, I think I got you. Do you need his exact, you need to experience the exact life experiences for you to get the same mindset he gets, he has right now? That, yeah. I think it depends. So I don't know if you've been, did I send you his, his like one of his recent posts? Possibly. So he was, he went to Florida to see his family for Thanksgiving. And then he found out that his friend uh, wants to do the 200 or whatever. He had just run a 50 the weekend before. And he's like, I'll, I'll help you, but you have to listen to me and I'll do it. And he ran it with him. Interesting. And guess what? Goggins technically was running faster than the guy the whole time. Cause I would, I was watching his stories and he would get to every station way before the other guy and like chill with his wife or girlfriend, I think. Oh my God. So I gen, but the thing, the guy finished, right? Even though the guy had failed like 10, was it 10, it wasn't 10 days prior, like a month prior or something. Um, I think it's 100% possible to do it with the book alone or with him as a guy, as, as your sensei. But I, how many people are going to do it? Uh, very close to zero, I think. Um, I think it's teachable. It's the same way the coach teaches, teaches you Stuff, like a basketball coach or a football coach they, they 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 teach you these lessons on the spot instead of you like going out playing basketball on your own and like figuring it out on your own you might never figure it out honestly yeah 
And then the question is, how beneficial do you think it is to pursue the mastery of it, right? If he's subjecting himself to extreme pain and mm. exercises of mental fortitude yeah. every single day, right? Mm. And that doesn't leave much time for other things, mm-hmm. right? So is it, Probably not. To his level, you have to be, you have to have the same amount of time that he does, spend the same amount of time. Same way, Elon Musk says this too. Uh, to be able to, to, to succeed, you have to be able to put in the time. Like if you yeah. work 80 hours a week, you're going to get twice as quick to the same place as someone gets to putting in 40 hours a week. Yeah. Um, but only if you're doing quality work in those 80 hours. Yeah. Hopefully you're not just messing around. Yeah. But um, that's that is hard yes that's the hard part the hard the the you could sit at a desk for 40 more hours a week and still mm-hmm. not do the same that one guy does in 40 hours yeah completely focused the hard part mm-hmm. is staying focused for 80 hours yeah I, I would argue if you put in more time you'll probably get not twice more than twice as quick to the place because i think the amount of time you put into something your growth if here's the thing so you, assuming you're right and assuming the person is focused on the thing you would probably start to figure some tricks out and stuff so i think it becomes exponential not it's not linear so if you're trying to grow let's say a bit a, a company it doesn't really grow grow linear right like it doesn't you start off like i mean some some might do but like you know what i mean like you don't expect the company to start off and then start hand Ten dollars, a hundred thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million, ten. It does that doesn't happen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which means if you can put in more time, the your growth you're gonna see is gonna be exponential at some point. Um, so I don't that I don't know why I said this, but I think this is something I just learned right now. Like the more time you put in something, it's not linear. Okay. How much luck do you think is involved in exponential growth? I think in life, are... really zero um not zero okay not zero that's that's bad because I, I always consider myself very blessed i think you have to be prepared though you absolutely have be, you have to be so prepared and every, every i think everyone gets opportunities maybe not maybe not everyone i don't know i, I don't know that's a tough question do you think everyone gets opportunities in life probably not like but uh, some people are way more privileged than others yeah for sure Absolutely. I, I think there are I I definitely don't think that everybody gets the same opportunities in life. Definitely yeah. not. Um, then then I guess yeah, there's luck, man. I mean, yeah, I mean obviously you're born wherever you're born. And if you're yeah. born in into a a well-off to a well-off family like you're incredibly lucky already but i'm talking about that exponential growth in so let's say when you're studying or you're or you're researching something right mm-hmm. 
and you find that you find that one thing that makes it click for you right so you're you're at, you're at this you're you're studying and the time that you're taking to study is it's getting you more knowledge and maybe you're learning a little bit and then you hit that thing that clicks and then boom it's like immediate growth is finding that thing lucky or is that because you have put in the work and you're prepared to accept that thing or is it a little bit of both I think it's the latter. Plus, I think um, this is also where, like, I think maybe IQ come into play a little bit, right? Um, when I'm studying for the MCAT, this is, this is such a bad example. I don't want to. I don't. I don't, I don't mean to call myself any, anything. But when I'm studying for the MCAT, I my scores were the the same. The first like four times, exact same, 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 same. Literally, I was getting so demotivated. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? But then after that. It went up like five points. And then after that, eight points. After, so you went up 13 points in total? Yeah. Okay. So, but I think if I hadn't put in that time and stuck to it and like actually kept putting in 100% of effort every single day, like what if I got so demotivated, I started still studying, but instead of focusing for eight hours a day, I was focusing for four. Yeah. I would have never hit the, five points and then eight points or whatever yeah but what what kept you studying after you did the same thing four times like i had no i had no choice i had no choice because i, I was over, this is where life circumstances and your life experiences come into play or whatever your coach is telling you uh, for me it was just me telling myself uh, I, I was already rejected from med school and if i didn't do good on this exam i thought my life was going to be over it was very personal for me, that exam. Okay. So personal. My whole identity was in that exam. Yeah. So I had to. It was no other choice for me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And um, just to give you like a quick glimpse onto my life, I'm in that same mindset right now. Again. Whoa. Would you allow, oh, we'll, we'll leave it for another conversation. Okay. We'll leave it for another. It's, it's, it's like we've been talking for an hour. Right? I feel like <laughs> I don't have them. Like, the, I don't know how to explain it. Right. But okay. um, I'm in that same mindset right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm in it. Like, I love okay. being in this mindset. Interesting. I definitely love to hear more about that then. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. You ever you ever felt like your entire identity was was tied to one thing? Yes. Um, but I don't know. Like it's internal. Like I don't I don't tie my identity to anything that is uncontrollable. Um, and So let's say I tie my identity to my dedication to telling the truth, right? Which I think I do. Um, I do. I do my absolute best at it um, that I can. 
and I and I know it's not perfection, right? But I definitely present myself to myself, especially, right? I mean, I feel like one of the biggest things is how you see yourself and how you talk to yourself because you can you can really you can really go astray lying to yourself and you can lie to yourself really well like it's you can do it really really well oh well yeah and I catch myself doing it. I would argue we can lie to ourselves better than anyone else can lie to us. Oh, absolutely. You we know exactly our weaknesses. Yeah. Absolutely. No one, no one can. That is, is that uh, Richard Feynman. I, I think he has a quote about it. He's a, he's a physicist. Physi- yeah. I've read his book. Yeah. Yeah. He said something. I don't want to botch the quote, but essentially saying uh, the, the, the one trick is to not lie to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that I feel is what I am hinging my entire existence on right now, that I am doing everything I can to, to get my internal dialogue to tell myself the truth and then act accordingly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that that has to do anything with anything external. So for you with the MCAT, I don't think that I don't, I don't think I'm a very anxious person at all. And, uh, and lots of people have, have found that to be a disconcerting part of my personality because I don't get nervous or anxious when everyone else is kind of freaking out and mm-hmm. I, I kind of even go to a state of whatever. Right. So like my state isn't, okay, let's, let's freak out altogether. It's more like, well, we might all die. So, <laughs> so I might as well just, just allow yeah. it to happen. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so I don't, I can't identify with, with your, Mm-hmm. identity on the MCAT thing at all that's it's it's very but, difficult for me to understand it when so when you, you're but you do feel something towards you telling yourself truth the truth what if you caught yourself lying to yourself about something does that make you feel any type of way or not it's just like you notice it and like okay I gotta change this um it hasn't happened in a while I don't think Obviously, there are like the little battles that I lose every day uh, that I know that I'm lying to myself where maybe I'll say oh, I'm going to eat a little better and then I eat a cookie because I say oh, I'll be okay. Yeah. It'll be fine. Like this isn't going to change anything. Mm-hmm. And that's a lie. As little as a lie as it is, it's still a lie. And I, And that comes up when I do my check-ins with myself so like Mm -hmm. i don't i 
every Sunday I do like a, a weekly review of like I write down what mistakes I made. I write down what things I did well and how I can do better. And then I write down the lessons I've learned. And that's kind of like a, a, a weekly, it's a weekly review mm-hmm. of my own performance. Um, and so those little ones, when I'm sitting right about to write it down, I'm thinking like, okay, I failed this week. Mm-hmm. And that's where I feel that, right? I feel that failure and I feel that uh, disappointment in myself. Mm. Um, and then writing it down also kind of it's disappointment in myself, but at the same time, it's motivation and Mm. I don't know, accountability to a degree. So in the moment, these little things, like I'll miss them. And I won't realize that I did something wrong because of the, probably the instant gratification that I get by doing Mm -hmm. whatever I've done. (laughs) It masks the the pain of the why in the moment. Mm -hmm. But with bigger things in general, like of things that affect my, life on a grander scale i think i've been very truthful and honest with myself recently Mm -hmm. well i've never met anyone so so methodical and logical yet so (laughs) like carefree and uh i don't know treat treating the treating life like an art like I've never met someone who can balance both those things together, those things together. Like you're talking about something so logical right now, but then I'm looking back and you have like four guitars on your wall. I'm like, how can someone be so logical, but then be able to appreciate the art in life? You know what I mean? Like I've never <laughs> met anyone that, like you, dude, whatsoever. I don't know if it's a compliment. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> dude, but, it, whatever it is. <laughs> wow. And it's, it's so surprising to me because like I've known you for some time now and every time I talk to you, I feel like I've learned more about you, especially today. Like this, it just hit me right now. You literally are the two extremes together, which is, which is like perfect, I think. Like being able to dabble with both. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude. <laughs> yeah. Like being able to contend with, the, with, with, with contradictions and not only contend with them, but embody both of them, like both sides of the contradiction, like logic and art or logic and what's opposite of logic? Chaos. I guess. I mean, you love to dance, right? You love yeah. to, you invited me to a Zoom rave one time. I did. I won that rave, actually. And I chickened out of it. I didn't go because I chickened. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to dance on Zoom. Yet yeah. you, you went and you won the dance thing. Yeah, like. Yeah. Which 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 philosopher does that, right? No one. But yet you can oh, do both of them together, which is which is so interesting, man. Um, dude, I wouldn't call myself a philosopher. I don't know about that. No, I mean, dude, our, if whoever listens to our conversation, I mean, me and you are having like a normal conversation, but whoever is listening to this is gonna be like, what? Yeah, this is just how, we we. This is all. This is just the only thing we ever talk about. I feel like yeah. we, we just we end up in this philosophy hole. <laughs> Today was also weird. I mean, we've never hit that wall, like that, like 
deep of a hole before. Yeah, we got we got so deep that it just wasn't even worth it <laughs> in that vein. <laughs> um, That's definitely new. Yeah, but I'm gonna respect your time and uh, and call it a night. Um, good, let me ask you a last question before I wrap it up. If um, I think I know the answer to this, but I just want to hear it from you. If I catch you on a random day and uh, I ask you what's on your on your mind, what's usually running on your mind when you like you know going through life? Um, that's a hard one. The cop out is it depends, right? Uh, but probably some version of damn, now I got to do this. <laughs> like, Like either that or 10 years into the future, thinking about something that I think I want out of life mm -hmm. and then coming out of that the whole and then and then going back to damn now I got to do this <laughs> it's it's either it's 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 either it's one of those two things I think uh -huh. it's either imagining what I want mm -hmm. and then understanding what I have to do to get there mm -hmm. and then coming back and being like damn now I got to do this and do I actually do that thing that I say damn now I got to do this probably not most of the time I just procrastinate and yeah. I'm like, well, damn, now I gotta do this. This shit's hard as hell. Probably just gonna go just gonna go do something else. Wow. But I've had I've had this uh, this thing that I've been following recently that's been kind of working. I read this article about uh, snacking, how there's there's work that you can do that takes a lot of time but has very low impact like Pareto like the Pareto principle essentially the 80-20 rule of how there's 20% of the work that will yield 80% of the results mm -hmm. um, and trying to find that work that is truly impactful rather and and that's the hardest work right the yeah. hardest work that yields the most results mm -hmm. is something that I've had to try to like actively force myself to work on because otherwise I'll just do that stuff that takes time and maybe it needs to be done, but it yields very little results. Yeah, because it's easy. But I can trick myself into thinking that mm -hmm. it's, it's a worthwhile use of my time when yeah. realistically it's, it's easy and I'm just coasting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah, I think I think realistic. What about you? What would your what would yours be? Um, I stay in the future, um, way more than present, honestly. Um, and I've done this. I remember my first, my, my earliest memories 
I've always thought of the future since being like, I've never like before seen like anything to inspiring any, any role models, nothing. But since a little kid, I've always dreamed of the future wow. and having a life different than the one I had, which, which sucks. Cause in a lot of cases, I, I'm not grateful. Um, but yeah, I'm always, I'm always in the future, man. All the time. Always. Yeah. How do you, how do you operate? Cause um, look like you're in Harvard medical school right now, obviously yeah. you operate at a very high level in the present yeah otherwise you wouldn't be where you are mm-hmm. so how do you balance your inc- in- incredibly impressive present with not being in the present mm-hmm. it's 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 something that i have to think like it's it's a hard thing to do obviously um i don't know i, I... are you on autopilot or like, like <laughs> no, no, no. I, I don't understand how you could be no. in the future. Like, cause when I'm in the future, I'm kind of, I'm coasting. I think, I mean, obviously I go back and forth, but I spend way more time in the future than I, I don't, I don't want to say than I think I should. I think spending so much time in the future is the reason that I'm here. Mm-hmm. Honestly. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what brings me back to the present. Two things bring back to the present. Either pain mm-hmm. or good feelings. So that the two extremes, right? So either I'm I'm in so much discomfort, I have to be in the present, like so much in the present that to, to forget the pain, like if I'm taking a freezing cold shower or if I'm like running or whatever, like I'm in the present. Um or a good feeling. So recent I've been trying to find things that I love to do. Like generally my soul craves these things to do. And as I'm finding them with this creative process, I've found that I'm spending, I, I don't, this is still like, this, these thoughts are so experimental, but I think that's also working out in the way that like, okay, I'm dreaming in the future, but then I'm also doing something that I love. So it's bringing me back to the present. Okay. Um, yeah, I will, I'll get back to you on that though. I don't know. So, so fresh in my head right now. Um, yeah dude that's a hard one i i i is it do you want to be in the present or do you usually care no. to be in the present usually okay. no like if i had the choice i, I would want to be in the future not the present well, one thing that's distracted me a lot from being in the future or the present is being distracted by social media or the internet or whatever oh yeah um and I, that's when I'm, and if I don't spend enough time in the future, I feel very uninspired to do, to be in the present. I agree with you. For me, at least. Yeah. And I guess you too. But so in the future, the, so in the present, you say pain and extreme happiness, right? Brings you to the present. Yeah. Those are the, let's say the extremes of feeling. So yeah. while you're in the future. Yeah. Is that is that to me that's a duller area of feeling like i will never feel no matter what i dream of even if even if even if i'm dreaming of being with the most incredible woman in the world and with a family and my perfect house i will never 
experience that feeling mm-hmm. like I can if I was experiencing it in my present. It's the opposite for me. What? Really? It's, it's the exact opposite. Whoa. I'll always, like you speaking about that, put yeah. images in my head and I felt good. You made you, me feel warm. Like you, felt, you, you made me feel warm and fuzzy. And that feeling is more than you think you would feel if you were actually there. that's what i'm saying no i I think i think i'm also i guess i'm also i mean i have to be as you said i'm pretty good at balancing the future and the present but i think but i think for me the future is so much stronger than like i didn't i never knew this i thought everyone thought the same way i did but i'm starting to realize that not many people are so in the future and deeply involved in the future the way i am like i get my anxiety from the future not from the past yeah Um, my sister is the exact opposite she overthinks stuff that happened I never overthink stuff that happened. I always think I'm always in the future. And that sometimes if I do it too much without doing work right now or getting there, like headed there, that, that's what gives me anxiety. Interesting. But dude, dude, I, I love a good walk back and forth in a room for me, like just walking back and forth, back and forth with nothing on, no music, nothing. And I'm just thinking of the future. Whoa, that's really crazy. It's my favorite thing to do. The favorite thing to Damn. do. Especially, especially after I had like a success. If I get something, something good happens to me and I get to do that, oh, it's like ecstasy. Insane. Does he, wow. Yeah. That's so interesting. Even, I'm, oh, and a, even, even if something bad happens, it's also ecstasy. If something bad happens, I know, I know it's really weird. If something bad happens to me, I experience a failure and I just zone out. I walk back and forth in the room and I just imagine the future it's ecstasy, but in a different way. I'm fired up to get to that future now. Like, huh. yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I'm, I'm getting too deep. <laughs> that's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. <laughs> I hope no one stayed uh, this long. I don't think anyone's going to stay this long. <laughs> After we hit that roadblock in the middle, they're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, let me end this right now. All right, sounds good. Good talk, man.